We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash and Sally. Broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios presented by STLTaxAlert.com. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely on advertising. Smash, I don't know if you've seen lately, but interest rates continue to stay very low. Yes. And you can. And the twos. Mortgages. Right, in the twos. So I'm actually thinking about, we just refinanced about a year and a half ago, but I'm actually thinking about doing it again. again. It's been almost two years. Yeah, doing it again. Because right now, I think our rate's like 3.25%. Yeah. So I reached out to my buddy, Andy Newbold. Andy Newbold, First Bank Mortgage. He, he he's would got, know. He's got the wheels moving. Going to see what we can do. Yeah. Um, you can do the same thing. You can contact Andy. You can text or call him at 314-660-2223. See what you might be able to get as far as savings on your mortgage. I mean, whether it be yeah. a new house also or a refinance. Um, and from a tax standpoint, I always encourage people, hey, if you've got equity in your house, mm-hmm. but you've got other debts, whether it be IRS debt or consumer debt, whatever the case may be, it's a great idea to refinance, maybe do a cash out and pay off some of that yeah. some of that debt because that debt, the interest you're paying, which is typically going to be way higher than 2 or 3%, the interest is not deductible. Whereas if you itemize on your taxes, you're going to be able to deduct your mortgage interest. Mm-hmm. And so it's a double win. Plus, you're probably mm-hmm. going to get a much lower monthly payment. So be sure to check out Andy Newbold, Andy Newbold First Bank Mortgage. You can also email him at andy.newbold at fbol.com. Smash, you want to talk baseball? Is that, is well, that I'm right? just wondering what you think. And and Solly also, because Solly works the circuit and everything as far sure. as sports in town is concerned. But you're a sports type dude. Uh, Mike Schilt, I think, uh, is uh, the manager's last name for yep. the St. Louis yep. Cardinals. Uh, the Cards are not having that good a season right now, but the right. season, of course, is not over. What do you think? Is there a gurgling that is happening that is saying Mike Schilt needs to be replaced? I don't obviously know what's going on inside the clubhouse. Of course but I not. will say, I think there's got to be some real concern by upper management and the yeah. ownership because, you know, you brought in Olin Arenado, uh, you know, yeah. with the hope that, right. hey, we're going to sign him to a long term deal. This guy wants to be here, he wants to stay. And you're starting to hear some chirps about him not being happy. And yeah. if the Cardinals don't go out and make a move before the deadline, yeah, you know they're, they're not really poised to to be able to overcome the the current uh, deficit. I mean, the Brewers right. keep winning, the Cardinals keep losing. I mean, this gap yeah. is widening. And I think uh, you know if if something doesn't change, could they be sellers at the deadline? I mean, if, if you if you think about it, Arenado would be somebody. I mean, they don't have him locked up. I feel like everyone kind of. It was a very nice, you know, it was like a honeymoon phase. It's not locked up. It was a honeymoon phase when he yeah. got here. Oh, he wants to be a Cardinal. He's going to sign a long-term yeah. deal. Well, that never happened. Solly, did it? Well, he doesn't need to sign a long-term deal because right. he already has a long-term deal. The key is he can opt out of his current deal, and uh, he would have to decide both in terms of environment and money is the grass greener on the other side. Mm. And from all indications I've seen or heard, and we haven't been in the clubhouse yet for a fair, full disclosure, but by all indications, I haven't seen any sign that he's a legitimate threat to opt out. So. Oh, so you think he's you think he's nice. safe? safe yeah, I think it's pretty safe unless there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. So, what do you think happens with the card? Do you think they're buyers at the deadline? It's hard to tell because they're kind of in that in between window. 
But with, you know, the second wild card spot and all, I think that they'll probably want to buy because the last thing they want to do is give any indication to the fans that they're quitting. Yeah. So they want to do whatever it takes. They just this past week had the $6 ticket sale. They want to do whatever it takes right. to show the fans, even if it's not a 100% effort, at least show a sign that, hey, we're still trying. We want to win. We think we still have a shot. Right. Plus, I think, I mean, I the the ownership is probably taking a pretty big hit, you know, with the pandemic, lost revenue, but they're also it's all coming back. I mean, you've got the ballpark village, the new apartments are generating yeah. a ton of money. Mm -hmm. You've got, you know, the rest of the ballpark village is, you know, staying busy and the stadium's now at full capacity. So I think financially, I think the Cardinals are probably as well off as any franchise in baseball right now. Not necessarily though, right. because the Cardinals are they more reliant than a lot of franchises, especially on the coast of that actual revenue from game day, whether it be mm. ticket sales, concession sales, and the like, whereas teams on the coast can get even more money from media rights and other advertising and sponsorship rights. So the Cardinals are more reliant on having those 3 million fans a year. Where Which they're getting, though. They're still, I mean, they're, they're getting that. Not necessarily this year. I mean, if the attendance figures have been down. Have they been down? I haven't really followed. Have yeah, been even with full capacity, there have been a lot of weeknight games where they've maybe only had 25,000 fans because you haven't had the advanced sale. You didn't have the luxury of, you know, ticket packs on sale for the holidays. Well, honestly, what we talked about last segment, I don't think people really want to go to the city. I think that's a real issue. Yeah. And you see uh, in Chicago, Best the Bears. The house is in, uh, in, in front of your TV. Well, and the Bears threatening to leave, leave the city and move out to Arlington Heights. I oh, mean, really? you wonder in 15, 20 years if, if the city continues to deteriorate yeah, right. the way it is. Like, what? Maybe the Cardinals move out to St. Charles or move over to the Metro East. I think that would be a little extreme <laughs> simply when you consider that it would basically mean punting on Ballpark Village. I agree. That's the, that's the one thing that they're kind of stuck Boy, where they are from a negotiating a standpoint because yeah. they own they own that property. So yeah. if you move the Cardinals, you'd be in, you know you'd yeah. be, be shooting yourself in the foot. Let me add to having been down there for almost every game this season that the phase two of Ballpark Village totally has changed the atmosphere really? around the ballpark at least on game days, even after weeknight games. It just doesn't feel as desolate and as scary That's walking good. to and from uh, the car, especially an know, hour man. after the I game. I mean, yeah, right there it is, but if you go any, you know, you walk a block a or distance, two any, yeah. any oh, direction. I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, I wouldn't want to be walking to Pine Street after a night game. Right, but it, right. Before that, after a weeknight game, I'd be nervous just walking around outside the ballpark, whereas yep. now you can at least, you know, stay within a block or so mm -hmm. of Ballpark Village yep. and still feel at least pretty safe. Well, so you guys know I'm a Cubs fan, and so I find it interesting to see what the Cubs are going to do because, I mean, they went into this season, I think, fully expecting a fire sale to, to sell off whoever they could come the deadline. They had a really great start. Now they've kind of fallen back. So, would, Solly, what do you think? Do you, the Cubs are going to be sellers at the, at the deadline? I don't know, but I think with the Cubs, you have enough guys on expiring contracts that if the next two weeks go poorly, if we're talking next week about a rough weekend series for your Cubs against the Cardinals at Wrigley that you've had this past weekend, then you might be looking at a Chris Bryant or a Craig Kimbrell, at the very least as Reynolds, kind of like how the Cubs rented Araldis Chapman even, mm -hmm. where you at least try to get something. But again, they've put so much money into it that, like the Cardinals, they're just not going to do anything resembling the White Sox white flag trades of 1997. Well, see, I think that's what they were planning to do before the season, and then they were, you know, they got rid of uh, 
The the uh, to trade to the, the yeah Padres. you Darvish yeah you Darvish coming off a great year they trade him I mean they they kind of cobbled together a, a rotation and a bullpen that just turned out to be incredible at the beginning of the season and now you know it's starting to they're kind of starting to play to their expectations at the beginning of the season but I feel like the Cubs ownership was not expecting to compete this year they've made a decision we're gonna you know we're not gonna resign Bryant I don't know what's gonna happen with with Rizzo and, and Baez, but I mean, if you lose those three guys, what are you left with? I mean, it's, you've, you've pretty much lost your entire nucleus from the 2016 uh, World Series. And so, I mean, I guess you go back into rebuild mode like they did in, you know, 2011, 2012. But I mean, I don't think the fans up there deserve that. I feel like Cubs fans come out, they spend money, and they deserve to see a winner. And I just, I have a real problem with the way that. The ownership of the Cubs has treated the fans and spent, well, let, not spent the money that I think. Well, let, let's they should all put it in perspective, though. Last I checked, during the whole Wrigley ownership, you didn't get one World Series. During the whole Tribune Company ownership, <laughs> you didn't get one World Series title. So I would say the Hendricks well, family owning the Cubs has done a absolute ton, and in, fans should be spoiled and remember where they came from. It's like the Blues. We sometimes get frustrated over, oh, is Tarasenko coming back? Is Baruby the right coach? But then you have to remember, wait a minute, this franchise won the Cup for the first time in 50 years or more. So sometimes it's easy to just forget how hard it is to truly be a contender and truly be in the position to win a title year in and year out. Yeah, no, I hear it. And I'll tell you where you should go if you head downtown for a ball game. Rosalita's. Is a great option pregame or postgame. Rosalie is downtown. Especially that Sunday brunch before a Sunday game. Absolutely. For all your Tex-Mex cravings, check out Rosalita's downtown. Also, Rosalita's Tex-Mex, Rosalita's Cantina out on Manchester in De Pere near, near uh, my office. It's still Texas HQ. Yes, Matt, is your mic yeah, on? Yeah, is this thing on? So, it's, yeah. the, it's the Mark Milton and Solly show with Smash. How are we doing, Smash? <laughs> I am just <laughs> wanting to say salute to Tampa Bay. Last yes. Wednesday, they won the Stanley Cup yes. two years in a row, man. That's pretty impressive. And, in fact, one of the guys on the team said, hey, Tom Brady, try to toss this across one boat to another because it's a way heavier trophy yep. than is the uh, Lombardi trophy. Well, St. Louis' own Pat Maroon with his third straight <clears throat> So proud Stanley of him. Cup. It's incredible. Well, they jacked him around here, man, after well, they got the uh, championship, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They sent him off. Well, I don't think it was sending him off as much as he got a pretty good deal. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he got a pretty good contract from Tampa Bay, and the car, the Blues just weren't weren't going to spend that kind of money. I agree. That. I wish no, they would have kept him. A, actually, I don't think it was ever going to be a fit for Pat Maroon to come back here because Pat Maroon has not made much money in Tampa whatsoever. In fact, what? In fact, he's averaged nine hundred thousand a year. Over the last two seasons, so why didn't they bring him back? Because I feel like the Blues could have used that kind of gritty, you know, kind of. Yeah. They could have used it, but right up against the cap. Plus, there was a lot of sentiment too that you know, hometown guy. He was kind of the hero of the town. There would have been a lot of distractions if he came back here. It would have been a very easy to rest on his laurels and get caught up in all the hype and the attention. So by moving on to Tampa Bay and getting a fresh start. It maintained nice. his legacy here as being yeah. a playoff hero, and all fans will have here are great memories of the Big yeah, Rig. That's true, right. and I think people often overstate like somebody necessarily wanting to play in their hometown. I think playing in your hometown would present a lot of off off the no, field, off the court expectations, stresses, yeah. and just dealing with stuff that you otherwise wouldn't want to deal with. And right. so I think people like like with David Freeze is a good example. I feel like 
him playing for the Cardinals create a lot of, I think, angst, stress that, sure. that you know, ultimately led to some of his off off the field stuff. And I think it can be very difficult to ever meet the expectations and also to like just live your own life. I think right. you're constantly there's a lot of noise that comes with playing in your hometown. Exactly. And that's why Freeze moved to Austin, Texas. And Pat Maroon, by the way, still under contract for next season because going into this past season he signed a two year deal. And Luke uh, Voigt's another example. He goes to the Yankees and, and kills it. I mean, yeah. St. Louis kid who, who goes to a huge market where you think, oh, he might be shell shocked from a you know New York Big Apple, but he's done very well there. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash and Solly here on 590 and 590thefan.com. You can check us out every week at 10 a.m. on Sundays, 6 a.m. replay on Mondays, and anytime at 590thefan.com. You can download the podcast, and we're also available on Apple iTunes. We appreciate you listening, and we will hopefully see you next week.